sourced a bank, RFI, RFP, procured a pay, goods receipt, accounts payable. It's easy to get lost in procurement jargon, but at the end of the day, it's all just about buying better. And that's what I try to help you with here at Pure Procurement. Everyone working in an accounts payable department, we all have more intelligence and technology in our pocket with our smartphone and with the ability to use intelligence software for free, like, like for example, photo recognition at Google, you know, putting right. all my photos up to Google and then I'm searching for a red pullover and I'm finding all the pictures where I'm wearing my ugly red sweater. Yeah. And, and you know, you have great technology in your hands. Now you go back to your desk and now someone is explaining to you that you need to manually, by hand, typing in the values from this document into an SAP screen. So, you know, the question is obviously, you know, use Google Photos for this, please, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. it would be so much more easier. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pure Procurement, the show where we demystify procurement and source to pay to show you how it can be a value creator for your business. Today, we tackled a piece of the source to pay process that can be neglected by procurement departments as it often falls outside their scope of responsibility. I'm talking, of course, about paying, the pay part of source to pay. Since accounts payable departments often report into finance, it can seem as though optimizing this function isn't part of procurement's job. However, if you are to reap the benefits of an integrated end-to-end digital procurement process, then you need to think about how you will include accounts payable in that transformation. To help me discuss the subject, I'm joined by Danny Sharman, President and CEO at XSuite, an accounts payable automation solution provider based in Boston. Seeing as he's the leader of a team that's been implementing AP solutions for 25 years and which has 1,200 implementations in 60 countries under their belt, I could think of no better person to discuss the subject with. It definitely also helps that he's a business-minded technologist and, like me, has an elite sport background. It definitely made for some fun exchanges. During our chat, we covered a variety of topics such as defining accounts payable, the value drivers of an AP department, the value of AP automation tools in that department, how to think about selection and architecture of AP automation tools, considerations for the implementation of such tools, and much more. I very much enjoyed my chat with Danny, and I'm convinced you'll get a lot out of it as well. We went into the weeds on a lot of topics, which you won't find anywhere else. Later in the interview, we often refer to SAP as an example of an ERP, but the points are just as valid for any other ERP system. As always, if you have any questions or comments after listening, don't hesitate to reach out via any of the Pure Procurement channels. Without further ado, enjoy the discussion, and I will catch up with you at the end of the episode. Thanks, Danny, for for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. For folks that don't know you out there, I was wondering if you could give us a brief introduction of, of your role at XSuite, what you do, and if you don't mind, a fun fact about yourself. Sure, sure. So my name is uh, it's Danny Sharman. I'm the CEO and president of XSuite North America. I'm, I started the business for XSuite here in North America four and a half years ago. Quite an experience. Moved over with my whole family to the U.S. Um, headquartered the, the business in, in the Boston area. The U.S. and especially North America was always a big dream for us, and we really appreciate the time here, and, and everything is uh, going very well. As a, as a fun fact, I'm, I'm a hockey player, so uh, I started playing hockey when I, when I was very young and was quite doing a, a good career back in Germany, played a couple of years on a professional level there. But every time I'm, I'm telling someone here in the U.S. or in Canada that, that I played hockey on a competitive level, they, they always ask me, you're from Germany, right? Is, is there any competitive <laughs> hockey over there? And I'm saying, uh, yeah, it is. It's actually the, f- the fourth biggest league in the world. And we have a lot of you know, NHL veterans playing with us. I feel like the, a lot of folks that, that don't necessarily make the NHL or don't last in the NHL in, in Canada and the U.S., they go play in Europe, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of them, yeah. You can see them. As a, as a little fun fact is, everyone uh, aware with hockey is probably knowing what I'm talking about. It's uh, pretty crazy. But um, everyone in my family, starting with my wife, she played on a very top-level hockey as well. My son, one of my sons, and uh, my brother-in-law, and even a couple of my best friends, but my best friend at all, they're all goalies. And um, if, oh, you're there with, uh, if you you know, if you know hockey, you know that those people are special characters. So, yeah. yeah, and it makes uh, it makes for 
maybe sharing equipment, making equipment purchasing a little cheaper. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. But in hockey, in hockey goalies, uh, you know, well known as being a little bit crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and folks in the source to pay space as well. So I'm, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll get into some, some, uh, some interesting stuff as we go along. Sure. Uh, but today we wanted to talk around uh, accounts payable processes and, and the leading practices that, that we can use and, and technology that we can also use to support uh, those leading practices within organizations. Uh, and I'm glad you, you were able to join me because I know you have such a, an extensive background on the subject. Just to make sure that we're, we're on the same page and we're starting on the same basis with, with everybody that's listening, uh, perhaps we can start with the basics. How would you define accounts payable for, for folks who may or may not be uh, as familiar with the, the topic? Um, yeah, so, so I'm not a professor in a university, so I, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, have a, a very standardized description of an accounts payable department or processes. I, I would say, you know, it's, it's really from a process point of view, it starts all with the incoming invoice. And it ends with a payment or a post of this invoice. And everything within those two events needs to be handled by AP. I think the main tasks are really data entry nowadays, more or less manual, ensuring the correctness of the of the incoming documents, checking that everything is really correct. And and this include also checking if the invoice is uh, is, is is you know following all the legal requirements you you maybe have in your country or in your area. And, and, and yeah, this can be very different from region to region. Um, in, in Europe, it's it's a high topic to to check that the invoice is following all the all the government requirements. In the U.S., you know, you, you could actually accept an invoice on a napkin. It's it's uh, wouldn't be a problem for for your authorities, as long as it's uh, yeah documented somewhere or kept in an archive somewhere, I suppose. Right. <laughs> okay. Good stuff. And just so everybody listening also comes on the same basis. We're talking about vendor invoices and, and things you've purchased that, that may come in uh, for payment at the company level. Right. And so if we break that down a bit further, and you gave us the start and the, the end, but uh, how would you define the different sub-processes involved in, in running this account payables process if you were to break it down? Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think we need to distinguish between invoices with and without order reference. Um, in, in case of an invoice without an order reference, there's there's a variety of secondary activities involved with this. Um, if you are on a manual process right now, you have a lot of communication going on. So rather than just checking the invoice, you're reaching out to buyers, you're talking to the, the purchase department probably, you, you try to find out if maybe the goods are already received, if there's a goods receipt posted. Um, many different ERPs handling this process differently. But it's, you know, who's touching the invoice first is getting the nice task to check if everything is received and is, is everything is there. So I think the sub-process around the PO-based invoices are more internal, probably. And the sub-processes around the non-PO-based invoices, so everything is coming in and it's not having an internal order for it. Right. It's more like on a compliance side of things where you need to check, hey, why we're we receiving this invoice? Who is this vendor? And um, let's find out who ordered something. Yeah, because then the complexity with that second bucket is is being able to find out as well where where that cost needs to be attributed within the organization, right? Who made that purchase and whose budget are we hitting and, and all those types of questions. Absolutely correct. And, and you know, um, you can see ver- still very often – the paper comes first into the business. Someone is making handwritten notes on the paper. It, the paper is maybe laying on a desk for weeks, just just you know getting dust on already, and then and then it's just processed via internal snail mail to your to your accounts payable department, and and then they start the process. So you're losing so much time on a manual FI process, so non PO based process already by just being manual. Okay. And then from there, I guess you, you know, there's processing and data entering that data. Um, but do you, would you see routing it? Well, you said routing of, of exceptions and questions and invoices. Uh, and I believe one of the areas was uh, archiving, right? That, that mm-hmm. uh, also comes into play here. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So I think, I think moving away from paper and becoming digital, it is, it is quite an old topic. So you have got, 
environments in, in Europe where more than plus 10 years, you're not allowed to store any more paper. If, if, you know, if you get an audit and you give them a box full of paper, they just give you a penalty for it. So they just say, no, no, we don't touch this. Okay. We want to have digital access. And I think especially in North America, this will change in the next five to 10 years because I'm actually, and I'm 15 years in the industry, I'm actually do not know one other country in the world where it's still as manual and as paper-based as here in North America. Okay, geez. That kind of brings me to my next subject around maximizing the value. I think one that's one value driver, uh, automation, digitization. But what other main value drivers do you see uh, that a, a high-performing AP team could leverage for an organization? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really a good question. And um, again, I, I would like to use my background in both, in both um, regions, the European and the U.S. region or North American region here. Because in, in, in Europe, it's, it's so much more driven to build or make the accounts payable department a profitable department. What does it mean? They got, they got the task to really generate and being able to reach cash discounting. So cash discounting is a, it's a topic in, in, in Europe at the moment since a couple of years already. And, you know, the fast payment discounts. So everything you can negotiate. And this is, this is the handshake between the procurement side of things. And, and the AP side, it's if you can negotiate from a procurement side with your vendors that you can get fast payment discounts, then it's in AP's hands to reach those ones. Um, this, is, this is where a value can be measured, especially in, in Europe. Again, the last four years here in North America is, is showing me and being involved in, in, in a lot of projects is really showing that this is not the top priority right now. We are still here more like on automating, becoming more digital in the day-to-day -day work with content, with invoices, with documents, and, and not as cash discount driven as other markets are already. Okay. So there's, there's that cash discount value driver, or you mention as well, like um, process optimization, or can I, get, can I get my AP department working with less full-time equivalents, less, less staff than today and then the other piece around digitization and, and having access to information if i understand correctly yeah absolutely maybe maybe one one more comment on on this side is um i think a topic what always comes short in discussions with customer is really the issue you have around security and transparency in accounts payable so accounts payable is a crucial area to prevent fraud in financial accounting so you know, the whole thing about the fake CFO uh, topic where someone is sending in a quick invoice and it, it, it's they, they, they act like they're sending it out of your CFO's inbox and just provide it to your accounts payable with the note, fast payment. I need it paid very fast because this is highly confidential. And you can find accounts payable departments all over the place where you have, you know, a trusted experienced person sitting there and it's just saying, oh, if CFO is sending me an email, I will do this right now. Mm -hmm. So they, they code the invoice in, they post the invoice, they make it uh, available for payment, and you have a perfectly uh, fake CFO scenario. So this is, this is a topic you can, you can definitely solve with more automation and more technology involved. More, yeah, automation around business rules that would allow you or not to do this type of activity automatically or, you know, instead of an individual taking a decision. Right. But it's always tough to, to measure the value and risk prevention, <laughs> right? You know. Okay, so that'd be right. a, a fourth value driver. Do you see the typical pain points in AP organizations be around these value drivers as well, or or do you see other types of pain points in in this process usually? Yeah, it's very interesting. So AP should be a general process and should be look the same like in in in, the, in, in different industries, but the pain the pain points can be very different for for each industry. So so, however, you know. For, for different sectors, you have different pain points. So one of the pain points is, is not about technology. It's more about that it becomes even, you know, more expensive every year to hire experienced people, employees, to run your AP department, to do a great job, especially for the risk prevention time where, or the, the, the risk prevention topic and then, you know, Everything comes with it. Another issue is, is, you know, the financial risk associated with lost invoices and even double payments. This is something, you know, a company in a first interaction, a first workshop, 
is not very often completely opening up as a topic because they held it back a little bit. But how often you really double pay an invoice because you lost control and how often you're not paying invoices because the, 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 your, your company is losing the invoice. Your vendor is calling in and you need to say, I'm so sorry, can you please send me the invoice again? And the vendor is saying, I did already twice. So uh, really a third time now? So it's, it's happening out there. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting pain point. Um, I, I would like to give you also an example from a, from a specific industry. I think if you, if you talk to logistic companies, companies who are really managing global trade and global logistics, they will tell you that the one page invoice never ever happen in their industry. So they always get a package of, you know, 150, 250 pages documents. You have bill of landing and, and, and so many delivery documents attached to a four-page document that it's it's tough for AP to sort everything out, to archive everything, to make it available. But at all, it's always you have a big pile of paper on your desk. And and this is a big, uh, you know, a, a big area where you can optimize the process by just moving paper away. Yeah. And I was going to, I was going to ask you about that, right? So that's a, a great example from the logistics industry. What types of things do you see differing from one industry to the other? You know, for example, would it be, you know, in industries where there's a lot of transportation, there's differences around transportation costs, and that creates a lot of manual work or exceptions to manage? Or is it just the commodity-based aspect of things? Yeah, I think it's a complexity you have. If you if you imagine you're shipping a, 50, a 40-foot container, I had a 40-foot container when I moved over, you know. Yep. A truck is coming to my house, is picking up, the, the container and is, is, is uh, driving the container to the next, uh, to the next port. So this company is a, is an, is an individual company. So this is the first invoice, the first proof of deliver document, the first proof of pickup document. So you already have three, three pieces of paper, multi pages probably, and your container is just at the port. At, you know, and it's it's not at the final port. So now you have the port. You have import-export documents coming in, right? So you have the next pile of paper coming in. Everything is packed together in one in one file and gets over with the container shipped over, let's say, to the U.S. Now you have the entry port here. You have customs coming in place. You have a truck drivers picking up this uh, container again. Again, individual company. Yeah. So this is what makes logistic industry uh, interesting because. The company who sold you the whole transportation or the whole logistic part of it is one company. So what this one company is now having one shipping number, but you have many, many different vendors underneath who all needs or all will provide you different paperwork. And now someone is sitting there with a, uh, you know, with a Sharpie and is now going to all the attachment and marking out the, the numbers and saying, okay, I have an invoice here for those 50 for tracking numbers. And now you go to all the attachments and mark those ones over there just to double check that everything is correct. So, yeah. Yeah, no, and and at the end, if that container has goalie equipment too, I'm sure there's like a, a certification process with the league once you get over here, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and and all the other stuff you bring over. We actually a little a short story here. We brought a we brought an old Vespa scooter over okay. in this container, and uh, after four years, we're still not able to register it here in the U.S. because of missing paperwork from Italy. So. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I could see, I could see the same type of complexity, uh, be driven for in other industries, right? If you're doing a lot of subcontracting with vendors as part of your, your value chain to create your final product, then that would bring about uh, different complexity with invoices as well. So uh, I get your, your point about each industry being different. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and so, it kind of leads me to my next question, which I think the, the answer is inevitably no, especially in this day and age. But do you see, do you see the, uh, the ability of AP to optimize this process and, and resolve all the pain points we just discussed without technology? Uh, for example, just with a base ERP system. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this question. You know, um, the optimization of, of business processes in, a, in the finance area is kind of as old as, as trade is, you know, human beings trading for, for forever, you know? So it, I think it's, it's, it's something around the seventh century BC where trading started. And um, I, I use this very often in, in, you know, in speeches and in, in, in sessions and in customer presentations, just to make everyone familiar that we're not dealing with a young industry. And it's, it's, it, if you work in a startup company, as soon as you go into AP, you're working on a very, very, very mature 
don't want to call it old, but on a very mature topic. So I believe that from a process optimization standpoint, I think a lot of optimization is already done. It's it's really not much more you can do. You can reorganize, you can outsource, you can insource, you can use shared services, but that's all more cost reduction type of, of concepts. Um, optimizing the business process, moving one task behind the other one, and, and, and eliminating, eliminating tasks here to do this there, I think this is all already done. This is done since hundreds of years, and um, it's, it's pretty simple, actually, um, what, what needs to be done to finalize a, a trade and pay an invoice. And so to you, there's, uh, if, if you want to go to a higher maturity level, technology does have to come into play. I think the main problem is it's coming up actually the last couple of years because everyone working in an accounts payable department, we all have more intelligence and technology in our pocket with our smartphone and with the ability to use intelligence software for free, like like for example, photo recognition at Google, you know, putting right. all my photos up to Google and then I'm searching for a red pullover and I'm finding all the pictures where I'm wearing my ugly red sweater. Yeah. And, and you know, we have great technology in your hands. Now you go back to your desk and now someone is explaining to you that you need to manually by hand typing in the values from this document into an SAP screen. So, you know, the question is obviously, oh, you know, use Google Photos for this, please, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. it would be so much more easier. So the generation coming into those jobs right now, they're questioning those processes even more. And as, an, as a company, if you not keep up with technology, if you not offer your employees more sophisticated technology to do their work, they will just move on. They will just move on and say, okay, no, that's not what I would like to do for my life. Yeah, because when you said that, uh, the way you described it, like I – I had never heard it put exactly that phrasing. And, and when you finished your sentence, I, I immediately felt down, like I immediately felt, you know, disappointed. <laughs> um, okay, so we've established that baseline together. What kind of tool suite can come in and, and help maximize the value associated with the drivers that we discussed earlier? And I asked this question knowing full well that, you know, you work in this space and have a product in this space, but, uh, you know, I, I'm keen to, to get your opinion. Right, and I'm understand that that this is not a not a marketing, um, and a marketing session. So I will keep it really on the facts here, and not on 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 any marketing phrases. We we distinguish the technology into four areas. Number one is data input channels through which invoices can be provided, as well with the associated document more digitally. So this this really replace paper and all the paper piles into using email, using technology where vendors can just submit everything online by sending you in an invoice attached to a, an email and all the backup documentation as well. Okay. And you would have other channels, potential channels, if I had a vendor network, for, for example, right? Right, right. You know, connecting, connecting a supplier network like an Ariba, for example, using EDI as a technology um, and, and, and an account. Once payable automation software needs to be flexible because your business will be flexible, the industries may be different, your vendors will be different, and um, yeah, that's why that's why the the the, the open door where vendors can submit their invoices through mm-hmm. must be must be very wide open. And okay, so so I understand like all the different all the different ways that that uh, invoices can be submitted, right? Electronic or not, right? Right. Second second area is the intelligent recognition of incoming invoices. So everything is submitted now electronically, can be uh, processed by technology. And and this is very often called the optical character recognition. What is is much more, it's optical character recognition, OCR, is just a very, you know, mature kind of, of legacy technology available on the market, very stable, very good. But the rule set on top, understanding what I recognize and matching those recognized values against what I need to get out of this document to process my document internally. This is where the, I don't want to call it magic, but this is where really, really, really the the, the fun part starts for the business because this is where the employee is not longer sitting in front of a screen and just typing things up more, more like changing the work environment to correcting and controlling stuff and, uh, you know, also with a high grader of, the, of automation. So second thing is OCR and the rules engine. And, and this is the, the area where the most savings often take place. So the third area 
um, is, is everything around the business processes. So we, we say as XWeed is, okay, now you have everything captured, you have everything intelligent or analyzed by, by certain intelligent software components. Now let's talk about your workflow. Let's talk about who needs to get this document in their hands, who will provide coding, who will uh, release and, and approve an, a document, uh, who needs to get this invoice if it's over a million? Who who needs to get this document if it's kind of a of a fraud maybe to follow up and to see where it's coming from? So all those rules need to be built in, in a workflow. So workflow, very, very important technology part for an automation process in AP. So both like both the, the second and third area that you mentioned, I see that as kind of pulling the knowledge outside the heads of, of folks and, and making it explicit in the tool so that you're able afterwards to see, to, to automate things, but also to see how you can make things better uh, in a continuous improvement manner, right? Absolutely. Absolutely correct. Yeah. And the, the third point comes also with, you know, analytics. You want to know if the process is really faster, if you were able to reach cash discounts. So optimizing data entry is more or less simple. The time people not longer are saving by not coding invoices is a quick ROI. You can analyze this and, and immediately after go live, you can you can get a first success out of it. But the workflow needs time. The workflow needs some, often some adjustments until it's really a, for your company, best practice uh, process. And then you have all the tools. You should have all the tools to analyze if this automation initiative is successfully by, 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 by for example, reaching a KPI like a cash discount. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. The last area, and it's, it's, it's really last, but definitely not least, is the, the electronic archiving of information. And it's, it's not about only saving, you know, money probably by not storing paper in boxes anymore or have a third party company picking those boxes up and you pay them for this. It's much more about making information available for the rest of the company. In a manual AP department, only AP knows where the document is. If someone else need a vendor invoice or a backup document to a vendor invoice, like a service report for a service invoice, for example, mm-hmm. to make some controlling work in a project, they need to reach out to AP. They need to bother someone there. Someone needs to stand up, walk to the box, get it out of the box, scan or make a photocopy and send it over to the business. The electronic archive means everyone can have access to data. Everyone can have, can have access to information and it's just shortcutting a process here and make it much more efficient. And I guess you're able to, to put security around different types of invoices and information as well, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so HR and legal invoices always need to be treated differently compared to standard, env- uh, standard vendor invoices, right? Okay. So if we take those four areas that you just mentioned, what would you see as the, the ideal end state, right? What would that look like if you were to, to describe it? Yeah, so 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 imagine your supplier or the supplier, the vendor, is not longer, a, you know, and, and saying this is an ideal state. I go a little bit what my what my expectation from the future is, okay. because actually the the email submission of invoices is already kind of commodity. And I think we need to talk about the next step of it. So a vendor should not longer send you an invoice via email. They should have a web portal. They go they go into in maybe logging in if they want to have extra features. But let's just say they drag and drop the invoice over there. They drag and drop it. It falls into the portal, will be processed in the background. Technology will take care to double check, hey, this is an invoice based on a PO. It's double checking if a goods receive is already received and if the goods are already posted, so to say, against the order. Everything is there. The order is fine. The invoice looks perfect, line item level, total amount. Everything looks fine. So there's no more need to touch this document. There's maybe, maybe the need that someone, a human being, is approving it. But even if even if the PO is already approved, there is no more need for, for this particular task. Right. So this is, I would say, a fully automated situation. PO, one line item, easy invoice, one line item, goods are received, one line item. An invoice like this should not be touched anymore. Right, but they're, they're usually the, the minority in terms of the invoices that an AP department processes, right? Perfect invoices? Yeah, it is. it is definitely... 
the case that this is this it depends from industry to industry obviously um but but you can work on this and if you know the technology is supporting you best on a certain format on a certain way how to provide um POs to your vendors so why not change in procurement a little bit right right and i think that's where since AP often falls under finance and procurement falls under procurement and potentially finance via the reporting to a CFO, for example, there's, there's still kind of that dichotomy and, and that border between the two functions where there's so much potential from uh, working together and having integration that that's up for grabs. Definitely. Yeah. And, and I'm curious just in your, the portal that you mentioned, right. If where you said the vendor can log in if they want additional features. So, you would you would envision a future where potentially a vendor could just log into uh, this portal or click to this portal via your intranet, for example, and and just drop drop an invoice in there without having to identify himself, and and the rest the rest would be would be done via OCR and rules that are configured. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely correct. So so the main problem with vendor portals, and this is the the, the main portal, a main problem for everyone is using Ariba, Cooper, or every other tool on the market in the supplier network area, is that, that you have certain type of vendors. They just won't, don't want to maintain username and passwords. They send you an invoice, you know, twice twice a year, maybe four times a year. It's hard to get them onboarded, and you have so much maintenance because they're reaching out to you. They they do a password reset. They have a new employee coming in. They don't know what employee was onboarded. They even don't know how to reset the password because they don't know what email address they used. It, this is this is the real problem right now. And I think a login, a portal, a login is 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 the wrong way to do it. A portal should be very open and should be support you um, without a credential. So. So obviously what, 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 what we take in consideration here is what is the easiest way to submit something? It is a Dropbox or it's a, it's a Google Drive or, or a, a, one, a one drive. I hope I mentioned all of them now. Um, and just drag and drop something there and you receive the file. This is more like our concept. Have a drop zone, drop something in. This is the easiest way to submit a document. And that's super interesting. And it begs the question because you mentioned future earlier on but i think you guys are already doing this now right yes absolutely we that's a that's a function we're offering right now but you know customers are a little bit you know staying away from this right now with the feedback they want to learn more about security they only do this with a pilot uh, a couple pilot vendors but i can say we have this function out now since a couple months um there is no negative feedback right now so everyone is testing it in pilot can see them providing the the URL to this drop zone on every PO they send out, and then the vendor is receiving the PO, and then the PO is clearly stating, if you would submit an invoice to this PO, you need to use this link. No other way. Support it. They okay. click on this link, and then they get an uh, uh, um, open a website, a web browser, and they just drag and drop their invoice in, and that's it. And and to your point uh, earlier. Like that, that can be, that could be a method that you would use with something like vendor networks, right? Where you've already automated all these processes with EDI and CXML with, with vendors that have very high volume and, you know, they, the, the relationship is very explicit and there's par- parties on both sides who know what they're doing. So that can still coexist with what you're mentioning now, right? Absolutely. And you know, there's, there's, there's one very important, I would say it's a statement or a, almost you can bypass you can't bypass an invoice through AP. So if you automate AP, you need to have a solution for every solution for every channel you're using out there. Doesn't matter if it's a supplier network, if you have your own vendor portal, if you still have paper coming in, if you work in food industries and farmers are dropping something off and and have their their kind of napkin based invoices, what we also find out there. So you need to be open for all of this. And this is our challenge as a vendor to support the legacy technology far back to scanning, but also have, you know, kind of the innovative new ideas to, uh, to be able to serve the, 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 the other, the other vendors out there. That's great. That's great. Okay. Uh, and so if, if we, if we keep moving on that train of thought, right, there's, there's a lot of different AP automation tools out there. And um, if you're able to be able to support all of that, you know, some of the, some of them are standalone cloud solutions. Some of them are ERP uh, add-ons. 
Um, what do you see as the, the main differences or trade-offs between these types of solutions? And I'm, I'm guessing it, it has something to do with what you just mentioned, right? Being able to, to support everything. Uh, correct. But, but before, before we go into, into a more AP specific answer, you know, I think, I think I need to answer this question more, you know, distinguishing between cloud and cloud, but because for many people it's the same term, but there are slight differences. So nowadays all technology should be available in the cloud. No company should have a server in their basement anymore. Right. So, so it's, it's, it's really, Mm -hmm. What is cloud? What does cloud mean? Everyone is using cloud nowadays. There are no more no cloud solutions out there, I would say. So I believe the question is, is aimed at using a multi-tenant solution where I'm one of many customers on the system, on the same system, or is the system more virtualized in the cloud where I have more control and I can, you know, I can customize it, but it's still not in my basement. It's still up there in the cloud. It's still like on an AWS or on an Azure. Right. And I guess for me, it's really about, you know, do I use a separate standalone AP automation solution or do I, do I try to buy something that I can integrate into my existing ERP, whether or not that ERP is is on the cloud itself. Yes. Perfect. So, so, so the question is, and this is really, this differentiate from company to company. If you already have a large virtualization farm out there, a huge contract with Amazon or, or Microsoft or Google or someone else, and you still have resources available, why not utilizing them? You pay them anyways. So you have this, you have a contract, you have consumption, use the server. If you are more like a smaller company, you start in, for example, you're growing like, like pharmaceutical companies where, where they have a, a, a huge growth plan, and they say, we don't want to care about this whole thing. We just want to have a login screen and that's it. This is the multi-tenancy, often called the Salesforce module of, of software providing because you don't care. At XSuite, we believe we need to serve both of them. So we, we have something called a hybrid model. We allow our customers to run all of our software components in their own environment, 100% controlled from them, or you know, just paying a little bit more on the subscription side of things and just get a login, just get a login, a connection into your, into your um, SAP system and then, and then just work, you know, just on the, on the web and don't, don't bother about servers and background technology. And does that limit, does that limit the functionality that's available as well from a customization or configuration perspective? Oh yes, definitely. I know normally in my, in my role, I should say, no, 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 no. We need, it's our job to, to take care that everything is the same and, you know, maybe telling the story, story about everyone is having the latest version, but, but even in accounts payable processing where things are maybe really standardized, it's not, it's not standardized right now. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, you have certain different customization levels and, you know, on a multi-tenancy system, it's often, not easy to to customize yourself or your you know your your requirements right and and i understand why right i mean it otherwise it becomes unmanageable uh, from the vendor's perspective right but um but i just wanted to make sure that was that was the case or at least my hypothesis was the case i, I would have a second answer a okay. second um yeah answer to your question and the second part is really about the integration because it's your your question we're also stating about the ERP add-on um yeah. side of things because obviously you can run the whole process of accounts payable approval scanning capturing validation even archiving outside in the cloud and you know at the final stage of a final approval you just you just integrate them into your ERP system and and you you pay the invoice but this is not how it works in a closed system and in, in, in an ecosystem as SAP because you have so many questions or so many, how to say, reports, analy- uh, analytics and stuff going on from your financial department. You see if I was requesting accruals, is transparency, everyone is working on SAPGUI, they don't want to have a separate login. So here again as XSuite, we believe that if you have an SAP environment and we are very SAP focused, then you should utilize the investment you 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 took into train all of your employees. Everyone knows how to work with a Fiori front end or even a SAPGUI. So why not have the automation piece looking exactly the same like your day-to-day business? And also, if you sit on top of the ERP system, you can utilize all of the customizations. So every 
customized uh, accounting block, for example. So you have a relationship between a cost center and a WBS element in SAP. That's very specific, but exactly this is what you need when you run a workflow process with your invoice. If you go, if you go up in the cloud with all of this, you need to rebuild those rules very often up there. So you need to maintain two different levels um, of, 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 you know, of accounts payable rules. And that's what I, I, you know, I would argue to your point that not only SAP, but any ERP uh, would, would have that same type of dynamic where you have a lot of data that, that you want to get to from the AP process in the rest of the ERP or that other processes in the ERP want to get to uh, in the AP processes. And, and that integration of, of data or that single source of data uh, it provides a lot of value versus having something separate in the cloud, right? Correct. And, and just one, one comment on this, uh, one last one. There's a reason why the integration of cloud solutions into your ERP system is taking often longer, way longer. And I would like to use the example of Ariba, you know, customizing Ariba for your needs and integrating it into your business processes on the SAP side is often taking way much longer than just, you know, utilizing it on sitting directly on top mm-hmm. um, of, your, of your ERP stack. And, and we're getting uh, we're getting pretty deep in the the SAP yep. side of things, but I have another nerdy question. Uh, so you know, something like X Suite, I would imagine, is just a simple set of transports that I install in my SAP system, and you know, it's it's available to me, and I can I can work on the settings uh, right then and there. Mm-hmm. It's, okay. it's, you know, you can use your basis administration team. You can use your, your FICO analyst, your FICO consultants, everyone who understands how a, you know, and the, 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 the simple transactions in SAP, you know, an FV60, whatever you have, Miro, Migo, that's all specific terms. But if you understand those terms and you have an add-on, it's kind of the same thing. You, you work in your environment and your, in your knowledge and your skill set. If you work on us on an outside solution of the ERP, and doesn't matter if it's an Oracle suite or it's an SAP suite. If you go outside, it's a new terminology. It's a new way of thinking. And it's, it's, you know, for you, maybe you need a new resource for it. So it will, at the end, will be more cost intensive um, to use a cloud, a standalone cloud application than just building or using the extension. Right. No, and I see that uh, for sure. And, and for, uh, for the people we've gotten excited up till now, although this is, We've, we've promised ourselves this wouldn't be a marketing pitch, but I'm, I'm just curious uh, for my own personal knowledge. Uh, do you also support with XSuite other ERP systems or other, other configurations? We have, two te- we have two technology stacks. One is the SAP add-on and one is a ERP agnostic stack. Um, so we support also um, other ERP systems. We see ourselves as the experts for accounts payable processing doesn't matter what type of ERP system you're, ERP system you're running on. Okay. It's just that you have a, uh, a, a love of SAP that has brought you to have that solution as a standalone as well, I would, I would imagine. Right, right, yeah. It's, it's also my experience and where I'm coming from, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, all right, if we, if we move on to, to another question here, I was wondering, you know, based on what we've chatted, what are some of the misconceptions that you see around AP automation solutions out there when you when you meet with different clients? Um, yeah, so so most companies pay too much attention to OCR technology to automate their accounts payable process. It takes much more than than just recognizing characters on an on an invoice document. The focus rather should be more on the business processes. OCR is, is nice. It's, it's, it's really good. It's helping you to make a quick win and make maybe your accounts payable team much more happier. But if your top management is still tired of, of, you know, not having a mobile device, a mobile app to approve their invoices, still get some, some documents via email in their inbox they need to open and they do not have this full integration into a workflow or getting things too late or cannot search for something, then, then the process maybe is failing because you do not focus on all your share of stakeholders uh, in this, in this project. Um, so I, I would say it's really, 
OCR is important, you know, really take a look into OCR technology on the market. Um, very important. But uh, also consider that the workflow, everything going on after OCR is where you can get a lot of transparency out of it, a lot of security, a lot of speed up of the process, being able to use cash discounts, early payment discounts. That's all based on the workflow and not on the OCR. But still right. companies focusing way too much on OCR. No, and and uh, you scored big points with me on that one because I, I keep harping about process, business process, business process all the time. And uh, I feel like it's a broken record sometimes, but it's it's the truth for sure. Not just in AP, but any other uh, functional area, right? Like if, you, if you're not thinking about the steps and doing the hard work to determine what your business rules are explicitly, then you're leaving a lot of the value on the table when, when trying to implement technology. Yeah. And, and, you know, we should not forget in the most cases, if, if you have a bad manual business process, this will always result in a terrible automated workflow. Yeah. What's the, the way I've heard it put before, like something like if you have a chaotic process and you automate it, all you're going to have is automated chaos. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So, yeah, I think that the, to, to conclude this point um, or to summarize it, it is it, if, if someone out there is looking for a vendor and you want to automate your AP, do not just look into technology. Also look if your vendor, the partner, the, the, the person you're talking to is experienced in this area and saw enough projects to be a trusted advisor. Yeah. Um, technology is not, not the only thing. No, I was going to say, and what their myth- methodology is around uh, helping you define your processes or, or explicit them if they haven't already done so, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, it brings me to my next point or question around the, the source-to-pay landscape, right? We've talked a lot about AP solutions themselves, uh, but what we're seeing as well uh, with different providers, especially the big source-to-pay ones like Ariba, Coupa, Evalua, uh, Jagger, et cetera, is that they're, they're trying to provide the, the end-to-end suite, right, including AP. So they'll help you do all your procurement up front and your sourcing and your contract management and also the, the accounts payable piece of things. Uh, what do you see as the advantage for a company to go with a vendor that's uh, more pure play around AP, such as, as yourselves at XSuite, uh, versus going with someone who's going to be able to provide me the, the end-to-end integrated solution? So I think, you know, Ariba and especially Cooper, they are big suites. They're offering a lot of, a lot of features. And I don't want to, I don't want to just use one, one side of them and just talk about this because, you know, like a contract management is something very helpful, you know, it's something where you should consider using their technology. And I, th- I believe this is where, for example, Ariba started in the, in the, in the early times of their story by offering features and functions to manage contract better. But definitely when it comes to the accounts payable side of things, it's as long as you have an FI module running on, on your SAP ERP or even as for HANA, and as long as you're using MM as a material management for SAP, for example, as long as you have those two modules in place and you work heavily with the, uh, with those ones, Ariba can always only be an addition, can only run up there in the cloud and helping you to digitize communication and exchange of information. At the end, you need to integrate them anyways down to your ERP level to feed your SAP system, to feed your ERP system. And this integration can be very cost incentive. So I don't know one company out there who are really processing 100% of their invoices coming from vendors all over Ariba. All of those initiatives, in my understanding, are more or less failing because it's so much more customizing needed. And if you don't have a PO underlying, then you still, you know, still have the problem that you need to deal with it down on the FI level. And a good example of that is like um, interco or intraco invoices, right? Like invoices between business units within your company. Like I haven't seen one source to pay provider that, that will allow you to get those types of invoices in through, uh, through their different portals, right? Because you're not, right. It's not an external vendor. It's an internal vendor. Right. And, and the other problem is now you have Ariba, now you have Cooper. So now, now you've got those vendors just sending you in an invoice via, via email. They do not use the portal because of certain reasons. So now your, your staff is again starting to code invoices in manually into Ariba. 
So it's it's again it's again, if it's not hundred percent used by your by your supplier landscape, it is a manual start of the process. So my answer is utilize utilize and use a Reba Cooper and the other ones where it you have a high need of this where you have a a twenty five percent thirty percent of your vendors are really making a lot of you know business with you a lot of exchange of data where EDI is no longer the solution use an Ariba for this if if you want to use Ariba to do your RFPs out there to find the best vendor for you know buying a tons of of tissues or something fine. Perfect. Do it, but leave leave the the idea open to automate your accounts payable department for all of those vendors where it makes no sense to onboard them on Ariba. Right, and if I if I may add to that, what I've seen is like AP is the first time in the process from a procurement perspective that you're really getting getting an input back that's going to be that's going to drive a lot of your processes right like yes you may get like an order confirmation or an, an advanced shipment notice earlier in the process but it, it's not very consequential to the rest of of your payment process right whereas uh, you know you've sent out an a po everything is outbound right you've sent out a po doesn't really matter what format it was in but then when when the invoice comes back in it, it it really matters what the the format is in because you're trying to standardize that into a specific format and treat it right and automate it mm. and get it out the door. And since all those solutions, Ariba, Coupa, Evalua have have had beginnings in the procurement space, and they're kind of bringing AP because it's part of the process, but it's not necessarily their their expertise. You see it causing a lot of problems because they're not considering 100% of the scenarios as you were mentioning earlier. Yeah, it's correct. And and from XFeed's standpoint, I need to say um, we we partner with all of them because it's absolutely necessary. As I said, you need to you need to be able to talk to all the inbound channels, and this is an inbound channel for us on the OCR side, but also on the process side. So it, it let's the the most common scenario is Ariba is post is parking an invoice directly in SAP after it gets submitted, and with the parking of the document our workflow is kicking in and we're taking care of the rest of it. So we take the care of the three-way matching and obviously it's MM still in use for those customers. Um, so we do the background workflows and everything mm-hmm. um, anyways. So the integration makes a lot of sense. And yeah. So it's not a, an either or, it's more of a, uh, an and. <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely. So, okay. and it's, yeah, it's the same strategy for, for for um, SAP in general, I think they. I, I, I did not hear one manager from from SAP saying this is our premium answer to all of your questions. So, no, it's source to pay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a suite of tools, right? And you have to. I, I see it as a Swiss Army knife, and you kind of have to decide which tools you want on your Swiss Army knife, depending on your context, your use case, and 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 you need to put the work in to be able to to come up with that answer. It's there's no. Uh, automatic auto magic solution right uh, okay and so if, if i'm looking at a tool or a solution like x suite what does the the implementation approach look like uh, versus other tools right what sort of factors come in and, and influence the the timeline of and i think we've touched on a lot of them through our conversation by the way but mm-hmm. wh- how would you uh, see that in terms of uh, the implementation approach and timeline mm-hmm. So in my role, it is always very, very important for me that, that this is a or this is becoming a competitive advantage for us. We, we as a company, we, we don't or we not only want to have the best technology in place, we also want to be the best partner you can you can select for your process. So that's why I'm convinced that that really one of our advantages is that we have a very standardized project implementation process. This is really based on on 1,200 projects we did with exactly the same uh, product, the same solution, um, served all those customers, still existing customers for us. Um, so, so this is this is one important point. We try to standardize all the projects. Then, then really depending on the company structure, we can adapt the standard process to serve the customer in phases or even in a big bank scenario. We have customers who are, you know, getting invoices and working all over the place globally. So they have maybe, you know, 50, 60, 70, over 100 company codes in their SAP system. So we can say, hey, let's start first with North America. Let's get Canada on, then move on. And let's do, you know, Mexico with 
a totally different story about e-invoicing, totally different government regulations. Then go over to Europe. You have three, four, five big players over there, country-wise, where you need to be um, you need to be state of the art to to process those invoices with all the government certificates, etc., and so on. Then we hop over to Asia, different characters, different type. Of, of invoices, formats of invoices. So this is where the partner again comes in place and, and will recommend based on experience what is the best scenario for a certain for a certain industry, for a certain company. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, well, I guess that that'll definitely have an impact on on the timeline, right? But if we took if we took like a pilot phase, um, putting putting the the initial installation in place, configuring you know, a basic set of rules that we could go live with and for a site and, and getting uh, going from there in terms of um, improving the system and the rules and how they work. How, mm-hmm. how do you have, how do you see that in terms of uh, timeline? Right. And I know it's, it's always a, an, it depends question, but just to, to get your perspective. We have clear, we have a clear communication metrics we show to our customers to, to tell them, Hey, if, if you can't make your business available for this project, this will end up in 50% more time right? because because if we need to run behind the information, it will end up in more time and it will end up in a, in a bad process at the end. And the go life won't be as perfect, as sufficient as you will expect or you would expect it. So the availability of the, of the staff and, and I'm not talking about it and the basis administrators, those guys are, are there. They, you know, they have maybe other projects going in parallel, but their main job supporting stuff like that. I'm talking about the head of AP, the person, you know, you get out of, of the monthly closing, quarterly closing in a, in a room with a couple people, workshop, two, three days, and just giving us everything they know from their business. We need to find the 80% process definition for their AP process. Mm-hmm the most important thing yeah okay and it's uh like so i could get i could probably get this uh get this going in in a, in a number of weeks or months if i wanted to keep it very lean and and, and then go from there uh, you know it's not it's not something that you see as being um you know a years long or a project to be able to implement this um, no, no, no. It's uh, quick wins are always important, and you should always target or you should always package the project into into milestones where you say this is if it's a too big of a company, if it's a global working company, and, and and you know we serve BMW worldwide as a company, and the rollout of BMW worldwide is not one project. It no, goes sure. by region by region, uh, part by part, document type by document type. More often, you know, and and you know we we have the we have the right concepts for the right right um you know customer sizes and and requirements um it's tough to get a number behind okay fair enough i know i pushed you two three times so i'll I'll stop there (laughs) (laughs) um okay and then just from uh you know if we're thinking about our our project management triangle what the the cost aspect of things um what do you usually see in terms of costs for implementing a solution like this and i know it's going to depend on the timeline for sure but so maybe we can talk about operational costs um, what do you see? How do you, what do you usually see in terms of the cost to, to support a, a solution like this? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't want to give, I don't, don't want to, uh, you know, run around the answer and not giving an answer why by numbers here. So, so here in this area, I, I really happy to provide some, some numbers. I, th- I think as a benchmark, as, a, as an average on the market right now, the technology itself should cost you between one to three us dollar per invoice you're processing. Um, a little bit more, obviously, on the Canadian dollar side. Um, but it, this is an average. If you go into the cloud and you have a subscription contract and it's only capturing and archiving, no process, it's more in direction of the $1 area. If you have a whole suite with workflows and everything and and, and, and reporting and spend analysis and everything you have in, in those tools, it's more like on the $3 side of things. Uh, but this is the area per invoice on a subscription basis, um, what you can expect from a license cost perspective. Okay, interesting. So at X, we do it a little bit different. What we do in every project is we do an error, an ROI analysis together with you as a customer. 
and we try to match the one-year ROI. So that's why I can't say at XSuite the price is always this because the price is always this dependent on, on your case um, because we, we, our goal is always to make the return on investment within, within a 12-month time frame. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. And so, uh, you know, if, if we've talked a little bit about the technology, about what it takes to implement it and, and what it could cost. So for, for people who are interested on, on taking this journey for AP automation, uh, when do you think an organization should deem themselves ready to engage a, a software vendor or an implementation partner, right? What, what type of work do you uh, appreciate clients having done before they, they get in touch with you? Yeah, I would say there is no wrong time to start this project or to start this process. Um, you know, if, 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 a, if a company is still working mostly manually, so if you really, if your IP department is touching a lot of paper during a day, or if they even receive it via email, but they print it out, or they need a separate screen and they have not the document connected to the SAP screen or to the ERP screen, then you really should talk to an expert. You really should try to talk to one of those companies who can help you, like XSuite, for example, and and talk about the situation you have and, and what is a, a good plan to get you automated step-by-step. Step. Um, you know, it, it's tough because IP departments are not made to, to run IT projects and they have a lot of work to do. And every meeting and every, you know, single hour you need from them to support the project they need to give you extra on what they're doing and usually they're not sitting around they do this project because they want to have more time afterwards what mostly shows you that they are already very very busy um, so in our projects we we really consider kind of the company's financial calendar so we try to avoid closing dates closing weekends uh, the week after closing week uh, monthly quarterly uh, fiscal year um, we try to match it around it. We do a lot of remote sessions. Um, we try to take on as many tasks as we can from our side to to not have the project lead being too too heavily involved from the AP side. On the IT side, it's different, but um, you know, you know, a good company, and I would say there are a few out there like like XSuite, is um, are, they should really help you to run your normal business, to not have your people coming in and making over hours by just supporting this project. And, you know, there's no good time. There's no good time. You can't wait for, for a season to, to have a better start time. If you have the need to start the project, just pick the right partner. Uh, and and uh, that's interesting. Cause I, when I asked the question, I wasn't necessarily thinking about the calendar year, but I suppose it makes a lot of sense uh, when you're considering AP to consider the, the calendar, but more, you know, if there's any work up front from a business process definition standpoint or anything like that, that, that clients should do. Uh, but based on your answer, I think that that's something you can probably help them with as well if, if, if they haven't done that work already. Yeah, right. That's correct. Okay. And, and just before we wrap up here, because I want to be conscious of, of your time, uh, is, there, is there a key message that you'd like to, to leave the audience with? I know you've already delivered a ton of value on on different things here around AP, but is there, is there a key message? Um, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a very good question. I think, I think the key message is really to, you know, there's a lot of technology out there right now and a lot of best, best words out there and picking the right vendor for your, for your AP department and your AP automation initiative is a, is an experience. And this experience should really go over all areas of a buying process. You should, should be convinced about technology and educated about technology. You should pick the right partner, a trusted partner where you trust. You should talk to companies out there who went this process already. So always reference to calls, always talk to reference clients from a particular vendor, but also in general. So just in general, if you got a reference call provided by XSuite, for example, do not only ask the other company, how is XSuite doing? No, just ask all of your questions. How was the change for your employees? How was the change for your vendor? How are they accepting the new way of submitting invoices? All this stuff. And I think at the end, the, the key message is really pick the right partner where, where you have the best feeling in all of the areas. Um, even you maybe have this feeling that technology is not, not state-of-the-art, but I can't believe right now because everyone is offering latest technology right now. But, you know, it's more like the experience and, and the feeling you have with this particular partner. Yeah, and I think it goes a long way to 
building trust or making sure you have a trusting relationship. And when you run into the inevitable roadblocks or trouble on a project or using a specific technology for, for a specific use case, you know, it'll, it'll be less confrontational and more collaborative as, as you go. Absolutely. And uh, last question, is there, is there a best way for listeners to, to follow XSuite and or to, to get in touch with you if they have any questions or want to get more information? Uh, definitely, definitely, and 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 thanks for allowing allowing me to uh, to to you know give you or give your listeners to this this the source of information here. The the website xsuite.com and xsuite is spelled like an x s u i t e dot com. There you can find a block on the website. It's on the top menu all the way on the right. So the xsuite block is, I would say, a, a great resource. Why? Uh, because our team who is responsible for the block is the product management team and not the marketing team. So our blocks are all written by our product management guys. So very educated, very, you know, more like on facts oriented uh, white papers. We offering a, a real white papers, not marketing flyers with just saying white paper on top and stuff. So um, I believe the, our blog is a great resource to, you know, keep up with us and, uh, and, and, and learn more about XSuite. And we have a chat on the website. So if you have an immediate question, just pick up the, the chat and ask all of your questions. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for, for taking the time to chat, uh, Danny. I really appreciate it. And I know I, I learned a lot about different uh, subtleties in the AP space uh, talking to you. So I'm sure it'll be the same thing for, for our audience. Um, I look forward to, to chatting again soon and hope you had a good time. Perfect. Thank you very much for having me again, Joel. Thanks for tuning in to Pure Procurement, hosted by yours truly, Joël Conné-Demers. I hope you took something away from today's episode to help you keep fighting the good fight. If you have any questions or comments, you can stop by my website at pureprocurement.com. There's a ton of procurement-related articles and resources there for you as well. If you like what you see, I'd love to count you as a subscriber. All you need to do that is click the big black button on the top right of the homepage and enter your email and first name. That's it. Thanks again for listening to Pure Procurement. Until next time.